0: You're listening to STEM Essential, an Iowa Governor's STEM Advisory Council podcast. Hear from leading advocates and voices about why STEM education is crucial for our world today and tomorrow.
1: Welcome, everybody, to Series 3 of STEM Essentials, podcasts featuring some of Iowa's and the nation's leading thinkers in STEM. This series is all about vaccine by STEM. I'm Jeff Weld, director of Iowa's STEM Council. We're an edunomic development initiative where education and economic development merge to improve lives and communities. The people we're hearing from are edunomic developers commingling their jobs with learning. Today, featuring our lead off guest for this topic, Dr. Nafisa Cisse-Ebonye. Public Health Director for Black Hawk Hawk County. Texas A&M University awarded her a doctorate degree in public health education. And at San Diego State University, she earned a master's degree in public health promotion. Rare that Iowa, given today's weather, pulls talent from Texas and California. We are so glad. But Dr. Cissé Abonnier is no stranger to Midwest weather raised in Illinois after being born in Niger, West Africa.
0: She speaks four languages. By the way, what are they? I speak, well, English, of course, um, French, and I speak Zarma and Hausa, which are um, native languages to Niger.
1: Oh, fantastic. Uh, these skills enabled her to work closely with refugees in the San Diego area afflicted with HIV. Dr. Cissé Abonnier serves on the boards of Allen College, Delta Dental Iowa Foundation, and Grow Cedar Valley, as well as Iowa Public Health Association's Public Health Advocacy Group. She and her husband have two young children, yet she has somehow made time to sit down with us today. Thank you and welcome. Thank you, thank you very much. So let's get started uh, by inviting our listeners, many of whom our youth, and these youth are hopefully prone to career inspirations and the adults who help inspire them, help us all get to know you a little better. How did you arrive at this line of work that you are in? Take us back to your own K-12 experience or to your collegiate years and tell us what or who set you on
0: this path and how. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, wow. So, you know, when you're young and you have um, aspirations, um, different aspirations. And so I recall there is days, you know, where I wanted to be a dancer or a teacher or, you know, um, a mom. Those are all the different things, you know, um, that came to my mind, you um, but definitely not public health at the beginning. Um, But one of the things that I knew very um, earlier on um, in my life was that I wanted to be in a field in which I could contribute to society. Um, as you mentioned, I am originally from Niger. Niger is one of the poorest countries in the world. I came to the United States by myself at the age of six. Um, and um, But my, mid, my, my journey started in the Midwest, um, actually, in Illinois. And so um, the joke in my family is I'm back to my roots, you know, being here in Iowa. Um, but, um, you know, I, I just, I always wanted to be um, in the field of, of service because, you know, I recognize the opportunity that this country has given, um, not just myself, but my mother who was, um, studying here, um, and doing her doctorate as well. And so, um, I, I just, that was my way of wanting it, just contributing back. And so, um, it was during undergrad that, um, I decided that, um, You know, um, uh, I wanted to study um, public administration. Um, Originally, I was thinking about doing business administration, but I was like, you know, business is important. I believe in businesses. But it was like, you know, um, I'm more policy oriented. You know, I wanted to make, you know, be part of, um, you know, decision making that impacted people's lives in some shape or form. So I did my um, undergrad in public administration with an emphasis in public policy, but I took a course called um, Confronting AIDS. Um, and um, it was taught by a professor named Dr. Um, Jim Zions. And he really, you know, he he just gave us the facts. He just presented the whole, um, you know, uh, journey of HIV/AIDS and some of the policy making behind, you know, treatment and housing, and um, he just gave us a, the facts and 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 allowed for us to make our own decisions about the process of, um, you know, how HIV/AIDS was handled in the United States, and so that really um began to fuel my curiosity and passion for public health and so i started to take a lot of um, um, courses um in in public health so i minored both in um public policy and also in um in community health um, and so um and again one of the things that my parents always instilled in me is to, to volunteer you know, um, to to volunteer um, in in within different communities, so you start to develop a sense of what your passion is. And so I started doing volunteer work when there were, you know, health promotion um, events. Um, I would just volunteer myself, and so that that continued. Um, and then I I landed a, a job um, at um, a, a, a nonprofit organization, and so um, and then the journey just continued.
1: You definitely exude the heart to serve and uh, that comes through your work. And I have to believe that your mother pursuing a doctorate degree was a powerful vision for a kid to witness and be around that uh, learning is a lifelong quest or something, right?
0: Yes, definitely. You know, um, my parents always said, you know, it, 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 um, whatever you study, make sure that you you pursue it to the highest level of education. Um, and that wasn't really um, it wasn't to be elitist, you know, but it was really to get as much knowledge um, as you can. Um, and so, um, very earlier on, I knew that, you know, my parents. Once I finished my undergrad. Um, they really they wanted me to have ground level experience to make sure that public health is what I wanted um, to do, and so she um, she asked for me. Um, you know, she she told me to you know start looking at jobs, and I landed um, in, with a nonprofit organization called Center for Social Support and Education that was um, providing, um, you know, uh, treatment and also housing for those um, living with HIV AIDS. Um, And and also um, just volunteering again. And um, from then on, she started asking me questions about, um, you know, are you, what about graduate school? You know, just putting little, little, key messages. And of course, you know, when you're a young adult, you get very frustrated with your parents, (laughs) almost planning your life, you know, and I was just like, I just finished school. Like, what are you talking about? You know, but, um, it was, it was my mother's way of saying, well, you know, um, you know, don't stop there, just keep going. And so, um, I was, um, fortunate, um, to obtain my master's um, in public health um, um, education, in public health, um, and I focused on health promotion and behavior science. And my advisor um, was Dr. Malhovel. Um, and he said, you know, Nafisa, you're in a master's program, but I'm going to train you as a doctorate. And so, really, uh, my my training for my master's degree in public health, um, um, started um, with him. Um, with he he intentionally trained me so that I can go ahead and pursue my um, doctorate and. I was um, awarded a fellowship from the National um, Institute of Health. They paid my education under his mentorship. Um, and so I've been very fortunate and blessed to have mentors that believed in me um, and um, encouraged me throughout my, my, my career um, to just continue to reach as, as um, high as, as, as possible. So um, for students out there that are listening um it's it's really important um, to surround yourself with mentors that are as passionate uh, as you are in um, in in regards to the field that you want to pursue, but also surround yourself with practitioners those that are um, at the ground level doing the day-to-day um, so that um, they can also um, inform, inform you with, um, you know, some of the plans that you might have in terms of what type of job will best fit your, um, your, your passion. And so I, I, I've had a very mix of, you know, um, both academic and practitioners that have influenced uh, my, my decision-making about my, my career.
1: Right, yeah, you're definitely an amalgam of, of mentorship, excellent mentorship, parenting, childhood observations in Niger and <laughs> Illinois, yeah. all of which brings you to this pinnacle post. But you know, interestingly, thinking about students and and them mapping out their futures, most youth, and you and I might have been this way too when we were youthful, think that when you're a doctorate, you've reached the so-called terminal degree. You now yeah. know everything, and it's time to start telling and not listening. But I know this much about you. It's not a terminal end of the line. I now know everything. Uh, how do you continue learning and, and uh, how do you stay open to learning when most people would think you've acquired the pinnacle
0: degree and the learning is over? Yes, yes, yes. Um, as I stated, um for me, um as as always, um you know, through my parents, just seeing you know how they carry themselves, you know as, as successful as they are they're very humble. Um, and, um, you know, having six a six-year-old and a two-year-old, um, I, I, I'm constantly learning from them. And um, especially like during COVID-19, where, you know, here you have kids that, you know, are having to be flexible um, with schooling, wearing masks, and, and you just see, they just go with the flow. And so I think that... You know, um, life teaches us how important it is um, to be flexible. But also I think that when um, you're humble, people will tell you the truth. If you carry yourself with a know-it-all attitude, People are people are going to walk away. People are never going to tell you the truth or how they truly feel, and so I always, you know, um, remind myself of creating that space, you know, so that people can have um, honest conversations. They might be difficult, but they're necessary, um, especially in times like this. And so, um, and 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 I believe. Um, that humility allows us to really listen to different perspective and, and, and it brings people together. So, um, and that's what I, I strive for. Um, it's just, um, that's, I think that's just the key key value to always have.
1: Right. Right. I, I note that key words, uh, you express with particular enthusiasm are, uh, facts. You use the word facts when you were talking about your mentors and, and the HIV/AIDS crisis and people speaking facts and truth and and not dressing it in politics and and you speak of truth and once again not not dressing it with any uh, perspective, uh, but it is fact and it's truth and and humility and being humble. These are great key words if uh, if others are looking for words to live by. Speaking of humble and humility, then. Let me talk to you about the subject at hand, COVID-19. Talk about a humbling experience, right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So the theme of our conversation for your uh, episode of this podcast is pandemic emergence and regional management. So what I'd love to have you do is take our listeners back to March of 2020 or, or even before March of 2020, I guess for you, the moment that the moments that you began to learn of and consider um, the threat being presented by this novel coronavirus and uh, what it would mean for you and your team at Black Hawk County Health. When did it surface? What were your preliminary thoughts? And uh, did you grasp it initially or was this something of a gradual, oh my God? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think that one thing about me um, um, for the um, listeners is that I'm, I'm globally oriented. So I remember during the interview with the um, Board of Health, they, they asked me, they said, do you know where you've applied to? You know, and so and I laughed um, because I've lived in so many different places in the U.S. Um, but home to me is nothing is not a physical thing. It's an internal thing um, because of just, um, you know, being exposed to different environments. And so um, for me, pandemics, I mean, I've always understood that, you know, global is local, local is global, you know? So when you see how, um, you know, Ebola was able to come to the U.S., you know, this this shouldn't be have been a surprise to, to anybody. But again, I'm I'm humble enough to know that not everybody is really um, as um, engaged about you know pandemics or epidemics. Um, it's you know so that's that's me saying okay, Nafisa, not everybody thinks the way you're thinking. You know, um, so no, I, I I I I was not surprised. Of COVID nineteen coming to um, you know um, Blackhawk County, um, it, it was it was something that was going to happen environmentally. How we're we're closer to each other than we think we are. Um, I think that um, it was it was a gradual. We were watching like everybody else, you know, looking at um, you know what was going on with Europe and. Um, just everybody here in the office where we were on edge because um, our, our, our training has taught us that at some point it will be here. And so um, in, in March when that first positive case um, was uh, arrived in Blackhawk County, um, basically it was like, okay, this it's here. Um, and so we all hands our deck. We have to do what we have to do now for our community, and so um, and 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 with such a you know this this um, this pandemic has taught us a lot about you know ourselves um, and and also um, hopefully um, you know the direction in which public health needs to go um, for the future.
1: Yeah, and I definitely want to go into that in a moment. But for those who aren't aware of. Uh, Black Hawk County and uh, our demographic, we're at about 131,000 citizens, I believe, and I was on your website earlier today. We've been hit pretty hard. We're approaching a year, we're, we're a couple months from having a year of this bout, and I believe your figures attest to about a 10% of the county's population has had an encounter with the COVID-19 an infection. and infection, and tragically, we've lost 243 citizens. So- Share with us how your team is managing. I think this is particularly interesting. You all are epically busy and you don't have much time to tell your story. So I'm really grateful that we get a chance to tell your story. I mean, you're managing a a logistical challenge of testing that no one could have imagined. Safety protocols across public and private sector, vaccine coordination. I I mean, there's so much being managed in your shop. What are the tricky parts that you feel are the particular challenge and and where are you more proud than ever of your team
0: Well first i have to say i have a brilliant team i always say they are the genius behind the scenes they are exceptionally brilliant intelligent human beings but they're also compassionate and dedicated and you see that you know when when an intelligence is intertwined with compassion and dedication, boy, you you just get a group of just dedicated um, individuals, and 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 I'm just I'm again I'm I'm very fortunate um, to to um, be um, the head of this agency because it, they they make my life easier. Um, they're always prepared. Um, they they do the data analysis. You know they they alert me with what they're seeing you know some of the communication out in the community um, and so um, it's just it's it's just a blessing to be to be um, part of this agency um, so with um, with Blackhawk County you know one of the things that the Board of Health, you know, which is a makeup of five um, different individuals who are also very dedicated and, and very passionate about public health, you know, um, they they had hired me to restructure the health department to ensure that we are providing the essential services of public health. But with also the demographic changes in Blackhawk County, they wanted somebody that was really looking at things um, and, and and asking, you know, are we doing the right things we need to do um, with um, with the populations that we, we serve. Um, and so with COVID-19, we really took on a health equity lens, you know. Um, but prior to that, and I, I say this even um, in national platforms, you never prepare for a pandemic during a pandemic. You prepare for a pandemic before, you know, and that is why the investment in our public health infrastructure is important. But at the local level, it's very important for health departments to be engaged with their communities. And so we were, um, you know, through the community health needs assessment, we built very strong relationships with our community leaders. Um, so um, you know, one of the things um, that took me by surprise my first year, we have 40 different languages spoken in Blackhawk County. Um, and so For us, it was, you know, what are some of the communication barriers, you know, I want every whether English or non-English speakers to get the same information, you know? Who do we need to partner um, with um, to to also help us do the promotion? And so not taking on this role that we know everything that's best for the community, but partnering with the community so that they inform us what are some of the strategies that are best for them. And so um, that's something you do before a pandemic. So when a pandemic like this happens, you are ready. You have those built relationships, and and people will help you, and and that's what you see. You know, for example, with the Tyson outbreak, we had very sick people, um, but they were coming to the health department asking for testing, um, and we had those materials translated in different languages. We had also um, people that were um, that spoke different languages that were on call, you know, twenty four seven, so that if those individuals couldn't reach um, the hospitals, or the the hospitals had were utilizing language lines that they needed interpreters that really could understand the individuals. They were available, so those kind of um, strategies, and also um, working with businesses. You know, being what excites me about public health is the fact that we're in like every sector and so so and this pandemic highlights that you know we are we are working with the schools i'm in um bi-weekly meetings with the superintendents with our healthcare um leaders um with our business community Um, um so it's just we're 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 in every sector and so that's that's the beauty of public health i get to learn about um you know the things that people are doing um but it's it's been, you know, one of the things with this pandemic, um, it's it's been um, very difficult because some of the approaches with COVID nineteen have had to we've had to do it along the way, and so um, when we had shortage of PPE, the community came together. People were making masks and face shields, um, you know, um, the testing of uh, uh, testing kits, you know, is the responsibility of the public health department to get the test kits to our um, healthcare care systems, you know, and so those were different roles that we had to play. But really, the community came together um, to provide the essential services. I needed, for example, childcare. you know, at some point. Um, my husband is here. Um, he's an engineer. Um, there are times where he needed to go to the plants. And so um, we needed child care. And the child care was resource um, and referral. They stepped up to the plate and provided child care um, to um, uh, frontline um, staff. And so um, really, it's, it, it was, it's been a big undertaking of coordination. But my gratitude goes out to the community because they've stepped up to the plate um, and provided the necessary services so that we can do our job.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, it is a equal opportunity infection, but it is an inequitable distribution of the infection. And we both know the Tyson story and elsewhere, and you're championing an equitable solution platform is is uh, laudable, and we're grateful. So, Nafisa, you, you speak of uh, uh the midst of a of a pandemic, not the time to plan for a pandemic. So let's turn. Yeah, let's fast forward. the The fun thing to think about is say September of 2021, or, or or whatever you think life in Black Hawk County will be more or less back to normal. How do you How do you envision life in Black Hawk County to be different in terms of what we do, where we go, how we interact or behave? As a result of living through this and hopefully conquering this, this COVID nineteen,
0: what's it going to yeah. be like? Well, I first hope that you know everybody gets to um, spend time with quality, uh, with with family members, quality time, especially um, those that have been um, in um, isolating. Um, I myself haven't seen my family in over a year, and so I, I'm really looking forward to that. I think that it's it's a- important that we also celebrate the small wins. But once this pandemic is over, this is going to be a big celebration, and also it gives us the opportunity to really pause and I think mourn the lives of people who have been lost. I still think, you know, we, we haven't been able to to grieve properly, and it's important that we do that because you know now we see there's rise in mental health, you know, and um, that also has to do with um, people not being able to connect um, the way. That we normally do, human beings, we need that connection. And so I I hope that people will have a chance to do that. Um, But in terms of public health, you know, one of the biggest lessons that I've I've learned through this um, pandemic is how um, it's important for public health to be more visible. I think the the, the invisibility of public health um, has also allowed for the um, politicization um, of, of public health. And I also think that um, being in a, a field of, um, of science, um, it's also, um, important, um, for us, um, in, 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 these particular fields to be able to, um, balance, um, science and also human behavior. You know, those are two things that I think that we have to do more work on. You know, for me, um, it seems that, you know, there's a struggle between moral values and scientific facts, you know, and so, how as we as scientists, you know, um, uh, help in 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 ensuring that people know that it's it's not they're not rivals. Martin Luther King said this: they're not rivals; they're actually meant to be complementary to each other. You know, and I think that is something very important. I'm passionate about, um, you know, and and also. Um, the the rural communities um, when you see it's not just COVID but you see also um, you know um, rural American I was predominantly rural um, disproportionately impacted by chronic health diseases. And these chronic health diseases are also um, the conditions in which COVID-19 can create really um, serious illness. And so I think we need to do better in tackling the root causes of these um, chronic um, diseases. And so those are some of the things that I'm I'm interested in seeing how how we, we approach it. I'm very excited about the direction and which Black Hawk County Public Health is going um, in partnership with our healthcare systems. You know, our role in public health is to prevent people from being sick. Um, but I don't think that we've done um, necessarily a good job at explaining what public health is, and and I think that that's something important for the for the future.
1: Well, that's certainly a silver lining. You know, no one likes going through this dark cloud, but there are silver linings that. You and others in the healthcare professions are rock stars and people didn't know you existed in some corners prior to this. And now there's a great new appreciation for the heroes in the healthcare space that are keeping us all safe that we took for granted for so long. And, and the advantage that you cite that we know so much more about preventative health and chronic conditions and uh, and awareness. So let's let's go very far. Forward, not necessarily so fast, but let's look long term. Uh, is this the last we will ever see of COVID or any other pandemic? And if not, what how should we all prepare for maybe dealing with it better next time?
0: Um, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, we talk about you know global warming, and as I stated, you know, we, we're closer to each other than Um, ever, you know, I have deers in, in my backyard and sometimes, you know, it's, it's, I, I get, um, excited when I see the kids excited about a deer, but it also makes me sad because I'm like, you know, we, we're, we're, um, We've taken so much of land, you know, and we're so close. Um, and and um, so I'm, I'm an environmentalist in, in that regard. It's just um, so I think that there's really a lot to do. Um, but I think also um, nationally, um, you know, it's important that we have, you know, national plans, national preparedness plans, um, statewide preparedness plans um, and also um, you know, local plans that align with whether it's national or federal level. And I think that it's important that um, the state and federal level also utilize people that are at the local level to inform their decision-making. You know, I recall there are periods of time when I was getting information from the state level. And I was like, this is not gonna work for Blackhawk County. This is not gonna work for Blackhawk County because we know the community. We know the people that we serve, you know? And so I think it's it's really important to not always think that by being, being equitable is to have the same formula. In actuality, um, that's being equal, you know, but we want to be equitable, you know. So um, our approach should be, what do communities need, you know, and assessing these communities so that we, we really address their needs. Um, and so I think that there's more work to be done, but I, I really think that um, at this moment, the public health, um, practitioners at the local level really are the ones who are experts at at, at responding because we are day to day dealing with our community and addressing their needs and um, and 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 I, I urge anybody, um, any student that has um, an interest in public health, you know, to feel free to reach out to me, you know, and and also. Um, you know, to get the experience at the ground level, it makes a huge difference um, for, 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 for future um, careers.
1: That is going to be a great question uh, that I'm about to queue up, but, uh, um, oh, I don't think I have time to go into it. I wanted to probe a little deeper where you were headed. but instead, let me ask this final question of you. Um, history has borne out that uh, Spanish flu and other catastrophes, including Y2K and, and 9-11, have all in their wake spawned great interest, especially among youth, to enter those fields, much like the, the service motivation of youth. The kids today are seeing all this and they want to be part of the solution. So uh, another maybe silver lining of this uh, pandemic, which we hope we don't endure again for a long time, is that we've got a lot of youth queued up to uh, want to serve and, and be meaningful and help in the event that there ever should be another. So, a final question is just one more touch of advice to the young Iowa boys and girls listening to us here who say, I, I wouldn't mind following in her footsteps. Or I wouldn't mind being a, a virologist or a statistician or a vaccine developer, biochemist. What would you tell the, the sixth grader, the eighth grader, the 11th grader in school to be doing now to set the table for success in being meaningful? In your line of work?
0: Mm-hmm. I think, well, first of all, you know, um, you know, make sure you, 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 you study, make sure you, you, you do your homework, um, um, but, um, continue to pursue the passion and continue to volunteer, continue to reach out. You know, one of the things that I used to do as a student. Um, was email professors? You know, some might not answer, but there will be that one per professor that will answer, or that one person in the field um, that that um, you know that will that will answer. And that's why when I get emails from students, you know, um, prior to COVID, I was. I would immediately respond to them because I remember what it was like to be on the other side. Um, and so continue, don't, don't give up, um, you know, um, and, and, and really pursue it with passion, you know, make sure it's your passion. You know, um, I never go to work. I never go to work because it's my passion. I, every single day I wake up, I'm happy. I, you know, I'm doing what I'm passionate about. So I, I, I never go to work. I'm actually just doing what I'm passionate about every day, and so even during difficult moments, um, the next day is easier for me because I am pursuing what I'm passionate about. And so, um, always make sure you know when you pursue your passion, um, it will never feel like you're working.
1: I think uh, our listeners' main takeaway from you, among many, is going to be that you didn't wait for destiny to steer you. You steered your destiny. You oh, controlled yes. your path by preparation yes. and taking advantage of opportunities. Yes,
0: yes, yes.
1: Dr. Nafisa sisay Director of Black Hawk County Public Health, and so much more. Thank you for launching our series on STEM of vaccine with all that you do to keep the citizens of Black Hawk County safe and healthy. We all owe you and your staff a debt of gratitude. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. And thank you to you all for supporting public health and supporting us. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. This has been episode one of our third series of STEM Essential podcasts featuring the voices of edgenomic innovation brought to you by the Iowa Governor's STEM Advisory Council. Thank you for listening. Today's and all STEM Essential podcasts will be available at iowastem.org forward slash Podcast. Thanks everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to STEM Essential.
1: This podcast is generously co-sponsored by Collins Aerospace and Mid-American Energy, proud partners of Iowa STEM Council. To learn more and find resources, please visit Iowastem.gov.